Up next, voices matter with Franziska Passion. In a democratic society, every voice counts. We are convinced that everyone has a meaningful story to tell. Our new feature, Voices Matter, is a platform to make your voice heard. Welcome to a new episode of Voices Matter. I'm here in the studio with my guest, Kate Ensor. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Good morning. Kate, you are a certified coach and a learning specialist, you say. You've done this for 25 years. In 2011, you founded a coaching business. And a bit more recently, you've started teaching classes on mindfulness. That's right, yes. That has become kind of the big theme of your coaching, of your job. Yes, it's really um, a flavor that infuses all the work I do. If you say mindfulness, what do you mean by that exactly? What is mindfulness? Well, perhaps one of the most well-known definitions of mindfulness comes from John Kabat-Zinn, who was the originator of the eight-week mindfulness-based stress reduction program that I teach. And he talks about mindfulness being... Awareness in the present moment, deliberately, and with an attitude of kindness. And so, really, mindfulness is about inviting us to come back to this moment, be aware of the life that we're living, be aware of the body that we're living in. And perhaps one of the easiest ways to understand that is to experience a, a short guided meditation so I'd be happy to lead one for you and your listeners if that would be of interest <laughs> can we do a live radio meditation I think we could and I was thinking something very short and drive time friendly <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll see later if we can still um, squeeze it in and if not uh, we schedule a different time <laughs> Yes, meditation is probably one part of your classes, but how would you, in general, how do you teach mindfulness? What happens in your classes? Well, it depends what sort of work I'm doing with people. If I'm working one-to-one -one with people, doing more traditional coaching or doing the equi-coaching that I do alongside my horses, then it really threads through. So we may start a session with a short grounding or arriving practice and then see whatever's current for the client in the moment um, for that day and work on that. And mindfulness will sort of thread through and infuse what we're doing. However, for the, for the formal eight-week courses that I teach, we really build slowly through repetition the muscle of mindfulness. So the first few weeks we practice on waking up from autopilot, Noticing how often the mind wanders and that we're not here in this moment. And seeing how we can use the breath and the body as a way to come back to our present moment experience. Then as the course progresses and we've built a firm foundation of mindfulness, we start to explore some of the things that cause us difficulty and challenge in our life. So perhaps some of the things that commonly cause us stress or anxiety. And we understand the, the very humanness of that. So some of the stress physiology and psychology so that we understand that this is part and parcel of being human. But what mindfulness does is 
it opens up awareness and through that awareness we can we can take a pause make a choice to perhaps make a more skillful decision so for example if i'm in the middle of writing an important business email and one of my children interrupts my default stress reaction is to snap at them give me a moment i'm busy and through mindfulness i've started to become more and more painfully aware of that <laughs> of that tendency to snap when i'm under pressure or concentrating and i can just notice ideally before i snap but if not after and i can just take a breath and say i'm really sorry i was in the middle of something there let me just say what i was doing now let me come to you so it kind of gives us those options and and then through the the final weeks of the course we're really exploring what's most useful for people and what they're taking away and how it might support them in the rest of their lives. So you've already taken this example of yourself, uh, saying you and your children. So mindfulness, you don't only teach it, but you also practice it for yourself. You have been a coach for 25 years, so I imagine all your career kind of. But you teach mindfulness since 10 years, more or less. So what has happened in your life that made you get to this new practice? That's such a good question, Francisca. And I, I think for mindfulness teachers, it's so essential that we have our own embodied practice, that we really are teaching from a lived experience of how mindfulness makes a difference in your life. And you say I've been teaching for 10 years. Really, it's more I've been learning for 10 years. <laughs> so I first really jumped into exploring mindfulness um, when we moved to Luxembourg. I found making the transition here quite difficult. I sometimes joke that Luxembourg is one big love story. Most of us are either here for a partner's job or our partner is here because of our job. <laughs> Seems to What was the case for you? <laughs> And for me, it was, it was following my husband with his job. And I found it really hard saying goodbye to, to family and friends and also to the successful um, business that I'd built up in the UK and the childcare support that I had established to make it possible for me to work. So coming here really required me to find a, a new identity and build a new life. And although I have been very slowly trying to learn French for the last 10 years, I'm not a natural linguist. So that meant that sort of perhaps a more traditional moving into employment route was more challenging. So at first I threw myself into lots of volunteering roles here. It was wonderful. I met lots of inspiring people, uh, many of whom have become lifelong friends, and it kept me really busy. It was fulfilling. But to be honest, I recognise now it was very much a displacement activity it was creating a busyness to cover up a sadness and a loneliness mm, can you specify why was it that you felt not good in the beginning what was 
I know it's a bit difficult maybe to put it into words, but can you describe what was the thing that made you not feel good here? Well, I guess it was a natural human response to loss, really. You know, the loss of my old life and lifestyle. So there was a mourning process that needed to happen and I didn't create space for that at first. I just threw myself into, we all have our own coping strategies. So one of my coping strategies is busy, busy, busy. <laughs> and I guess over the years, mindfulness has helped me A, recognize that and B, relate to it more kindly. So the busyness helped at first and then there came a point when <laughs> the busyness was exhausting and it, I couldn't maintain it. And that was really where mindfulness stepped in for me. So how has this mindfulness practice then impacted your life? I'm gonna I'm gonna be quite vulnerable here if that's okay. I've had a, a lifelong um, relationship with low mood and depression. So when we first moved here, the busyness kind of staved that off for a little while, and then it didn't. And one particular mindfulness program, the mindfulness-based cognitive therapy program, which was the the eight-week program I was able to attend here, this course really helped me see what was happening with my with my episodes of low mood and it helped me to relate to that differently and stopped me going deep down into the hole of depression so of course I sometimes feel fed up or low but I'm able to relate to that differently and see that some of my catastrophizing thoughts are just that. They're just thoughts. I don't need to kind of, you know, get lost in the cycle of rumination of kind of, you know, oh, why don't I feel better? It's a beautiful sunny day. What's wrong with me? Look at everybody else. Every um, and that's such classic ruminative behavior for those of us who do have a tendency for, for low mood, for example. So mindfulness has helped me spot the rumination and make a different choice or care for myself or um, and I'm sure my family and those around me are grateful for that. If you prevent this uh, low mood cycle of going deeper and further and further, um, is this work that you do, do you actively work on preventing this depression of going or this, this depressive episode of going deeper or is it just now that you are a mindful person, does it just automatically? I think really what's helpful is you start to notice the warning signals because you're more in tune with yourself. So for, for me, often there's a signature in the body, actually. There's, there's a heaviness, perhaps a slow, shoulders slumping a tightness in the chest. Um, in, in English, we have a phrase, heavy heart. And I often really get that sense of, of a heavy heart. Or I notice that things that normally would cause me a bit of mild annoyance, like um, dropping something or, um, you know, not saving the most recent 
draft of a, a document suddenly are overwhelming, you know, and, you know, I feel like crying. And, you know, I start to recognise, ah, those are the signals that I might be on the trajectory to a, a down, a, a downward slope of, of mood. Um, and I'm able to care for myself, to take actions which will support me in looking after myself. So that might be as practical as looking at my schedule and deciding realistically, is it a bit over full? It might be making sure that I make time for some things that nourish me, like walking our dog in the forest or spending time with my horses, spending time with the family. It might be thinking, actually, I haven't been very active recently. I need to... I need to make more time for activity rather than kind of, you know, because I'm completing a master's degree at the moment in mindfulness-based approaches. You know, it might be I've been sat too long in front of this computer. I need to get out in the fresh air. <laughs> so you said in the beginning that you talked about the approach, how you teach. What kind of exercises do you do? Hmm. So one of the activities um, that we encourage people to do as home practice in the first few weeks of the course, because each week people are given home practice as well, is to bring mindful awareness to a routine activity. So that might be brushing your teeth or taking a shower, taking out the rubbish, just noticing how these really routine, sometimes mundane daily activities can be done in a different way. The the famous and much, much loved and sadly recently deceased teacher Thich Nhat Hanh talks about washing the dishes to wash the dishes. You know, can we really feel our hands in the soapy water, the temperature of the water? That, that lovely sensation when you actually put your hand into the middle of the bubbles, noticing how much pressure you're exerting as you scrub the perhaps the, the grease on the saucepan or feeling the muscles in the arms working. And he talks about the difference between washing the dis dishes as a task to get the dishes done, in which case we're probably just... Fast forwarding in our head, thinking about when we sit down with the cup of tea, um, or really washing the dishes whilst we're washing the dishes. Tichnet Han suggests if we're doing the, the first, you know, if we're washing the dishes as a task to get to the cup of tea, it's likely that when we get to the cup of tea, we'll be approaching the cup of tea in the same way, drinking the cup of tea, thinking about the report we've then got to go and write or, you know, the, the children we've then got to go and collect from school or, you know. So it really is, if we get present in this moment of our lives, it opens up the opportunity for being present in more moments of our lives. That sounds doable to try at least. Thank you, Kate. Um... Would you like to add anything to our conversation that you consider very important what we haven't yet talked about? I think I'd really just like to encourage people to, to get curious and, and try it. 
there are so many wonderful resources out there. So there are there are apps and 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 books, and of course there are courses. And I personally think that apps uh, and online resources are a great gateway in, and they can be a, a helpful maintenance tool as well. But in my experience, there's there's nothing that substitutes for a live group course because we're really supported by the group. There's this essence of kind of we learn from each other's challenges and struggles and shared humanity. So there's a sense of not being alone with this challenge of being human, which makes it both kind of more relatable and and perhaps easier to, to, to approach. And I think as well, there's that accountability of kind of, you know, if we've signed up for the programme, it's a bit like the gym membership. If we're paying the gym membership, we're more motivated to go to get our value for money. And yeah. So you do have uh, special courses as well that are now upcoming, right? That's right. I have a, an Introducing Mindfulness course, which starts on Thursday the 25th of May. And that's three one-hour sessions run over three weeks, so an hour each week. And, and that's a really lovely introduction to mindfulness, if people are curious. And for those perhaps who are listening and already have a, an established practice or are kind of familiar with meditation, I'm offering a, a day-long summer retreat with my horses on the edge of the Bambesh Forest. So that's in person, in the midst of nature, and it's a day-long um, session of guided mindfulness practices and, and reflection. Okay. Perfect. Then hopefully this can be a good occasion for some of our listeners to get to know mindfulness. I I also would love to mention, you know, if people would like to find out more about me, they can, of course, go to my website, which is www.realizemindfulness.com. Thank you, Kate. So that was Kate and Sarah in our interview on Voices Matters. Kate is a coach, a certified coach for mindfulness, and she's also still a learner for mindfulness. Kate, usually we would be done now, but uh, can we do five minutes of meditation? Is that possible? Do you feel in the mood? Of course. Great. Then I will turn off my microphone and you can guide us into meditation. Thank you. So, just allowing ourselves to arrive in this moment. So, obviously, if, if you're driving, then maybe, maybe listening to the this section of the interview on replay. Um, and if you're not driving, then just making any adjustments to your posture that allow you to be comfortable, present and alert. So if you're standing, making sure the weight's evenly balanced across your two feet. And if you're sitting in a chair, then maybe ensuring that both feet are firmly planted on the floor. And if it's okay for you, maybe just inviting the back a little bit away from the back of the chair so that the spine's self-supporting. And then really allowing the weight to settle down. So if you're sitting, you can really feel the body in contact with the chair. 
the weight of the body on the seat of the chair. Maybe a sense of the sitting bones. Contact of the chair along the back of the legs. And then allowing the attention to travel down to the feet and exploring the sensations in the soles of the feet in contact with the surface that they're resting on. Maybe even giving toes a, a gentle wriggle just to increase perhaps that sense of sensation. And then letting the toes and the feet come to stillness. Exploring the points of contact all along the soles of the feet where they rest on the ground. Maybe noticing if there are any areas on the surface of the bottom of the feet that aren't in contact with the ground. Perhaps the arch of the foot. Or the little spaces between the toes. And then expanding awareness to take in a sense of the whole of the feet. So not only the soles, but the tops of the feet, the sides, bones and tendons deep within the feet. Maybe a sense of the temperature of the feet right now. Are the feet hot or cool? exploring sensations on the surface of the feet, the sense of where skin comes into contact with socks or tights or the surface that you're standing on. Bathing the feet in kindly awareness now for a moment or two more. And then letting a sense of the feet fade into the background and if it's okay for you, inviting attention to the breath now. And if the breath isn't a comfortable place for you to rest attention right now, then feeling free to stay with this felt sense of body on the chair and feet on the floor. And if the breath is okay, then Simply noticing with curiosity, where's the breath most vivid for you right now? Maybe that's around the nose and the mouth. A sense of cooler air perhaps on the in-breath and warmer air on the out-breath. Maybe the sense of the rise and fall of the chest. Or a sense of the breath right down in the belly. So resting attention now, wherever the breath feels most alive for you, right now. And as best you can, following the breath 
all the way in and all the way out. No need to breathe in any particular way, just letting the breath breathe itself. Seeing if you can notice the, the pause between in-breath and out-breath. The pause between out-breath and in-breath. Each in-breath a, a new beginning. Each out-breath a, a letting go. A letting be. And so, as our practice draws to a close now, expanding a sense of awareness to taking a sense of the whole body sitting here. So a sense of the space that the body takes up. Maybe a sense of the boundaries of the body from the top of the head down to the soles of the feet, the sides of the body, the front and the back of the body. And knowing that these anchors of body on chair or feet on floor breath in the body are accessible to us at any moment during the day, an anchor to our experience in this moment. And so as our practice draws to a close now, asking ourselves in the minutes and hours of our day ahead, how can we best care for ourselves and in this way, threading mindfulness through the very fabric of our lives. Thank you, Kate. My pleasure. That was Voices Matter. At Era City Radio, we are convinced that every voice matters. Yours as well. If you want to share your story, contact us at listeners at era.lu or via Era City Radio's social media channels.